0: What is up. Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. It is Monday and you know what that means. I am flying solo. I enjoy these solo episodes, not because I like to talk to myself, but instead of having a conversation where I'm like, hey, here's a topic, let's dig into this. I get to take a step back, reflect on what I want to talk about. And oftentimes that is me going back to things that I'm working on or content that I'm building, or content that I've learned from, and sharing them out in these episodes. So we are flying solo here, and what I want to talk about is an article that the guy who's usually on this show with me, our CEO Jonathan, tagged me in on Twitter. I want to talk about that because it aligns with some of the work that we're doing at The Juice, and the article was really fantastic, and the article was from Amanda Natavidad, who is at SparkToro. And if you're on Twitter in the marketing communities, she is a name that you probably know. You've probably seen her doing her thing. I think the work that she has done on Twitter to build her personal brand, which is a side effect, helps the SparkToro brand, has been a masterclass. And I have talked a lot about the rise of the individual creator in B2B. As a matter of fact, at The Juice, we're building a product dedicated to this concept because we feel so passionate about it. So Amanda is somebody that I've been observing for a while, just on her approach, how she operates, the content that she's building, the community that she's bringing together, And it took Jonathan reading one of her articles and then sharing it out with me and tagging me. And I read it and I said, you know what? This is so good. I have not called it this. I have not called what we're doing this. But this is part of how we're operating at The Juice. And I think it's the way to do marketing in 2022, I guess we're in. And I think it is the modern way to do marketing. And hell, this is the Modern Day Marketing Podcast, so whenever we see something that inspires, that other people we believe should know about, we talk about it. So that's what we're going to do here. So let me start from the top here and just say, I think I want to get into Amanda's article, do a little bit of reflection, but kind of as a backdrop for all of this, I thought it might be helpful to share the, this is how we're doing marketing at The Juice one year into it. I wrote an article. It will have been posted by the time this episode goes live. So go to The Juice. If you're not a member already, it's free. Sign up. What are you doing? Go search for it. It's on The Juice brand page. It is also on thejuicehq.com, and we'll put a link in the show notes so you can go check that out. But I wrote an article that was uh, basically a, okay, we've been at this for a year, Here are some things from a marketing strategy perspective that we are doing, and let me talk about it. Now, the catalyst for this article was actually Amanda's article because she uh, outlined a concept that we are very much participating in, and I said, well, she's branding this term She's giving airtime to this term. Like, let let me, I think this is the way we should roll. Let me piggyback off of this and talk a little bit about this. So, that's what we're going to do in this episode. I'm going to fly through it. At the the top of all of this, though, I would say, and Amanda's article is called The Case for Permissionless Co-Marketing. I'm going to get into that. Before I do that, I want to say, At the top of the juices marketing strategy and how we are doing business is the idea and the theme of curation. It is what our product does and it curates content across B2B and it connects that content to the right people at the right time. In the article, I talk about an experience that I had when I was listening to uh, a new album on Apple Music that had come out this year. And we all are in that, you know, experience where we're, you know, writing, thinking, and we've got the music going on in the background, something, you know, chill to make sure we don't get distracted. But I had one of my favorite artists, Steve Gunn, phenomenal guitar player, love his music, super underrated. I had an EP he had put out in January going on. Now, I'm like a obsessed music guy where I like to curate my music myself. I Hand select, hand pick. I realize that I'm probably maybe a little too anal for some, but it's just how I am. I love music; it's a passion of mine. But I was listening to Steve Gunn's record while I was doing work, and then I just let it keep playing. And then I heard a voice. And we all know that whether it's Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening to streaming music, like it is a built-in feature that because the because your streaming service knows what you like, what you've been listening to, it plays something else by an artist after that, just to keep it moving. So a song came on called That River from an artist, Margot Silker. And I heard her voice and I was like, this is so good. Who is this? Flipped over my phone, looked, saw the album, uh, dug into it, uh, liked it so much, immediately downloaded the record, listened to the record once, immediately bought it on vinyl. Then I went, started looking for Started looking for if she was playing in Indian- near Indianapolis, and I like reflected on this experience. I was like, "Man, that is so powerful! That is so powerful!" That I not only am a f- fan of a new artist, I spent money on the artist, and I want to spend more money because her content or her music is so good. And the only reason that I was connected to her was because Apple Music knew I was a fan of Steve Gunn, and so I think about this all the time because. What we're trying to do at The Juice is make some of those connections just like I had, just like Apple Music provides to me, but on the B2B content side. Research sucks. It's a pain in the ass. Um, We know what people and brands that we trust. And so we want to begin to facilitate that. And so I'm thinking about this experience. And then I'm writing this article and I'm reflecting on this and I'm like, okay, so at the top of what we do at The Juice from a product perspective is curation and from a marketing perspective is curation. So that's where I'll start. And Amanda's article plays a role in this because it allowed me to segment that curation strategy into two buckets. The first bucket, we're going to get into Amanda's article, is the case for permissionless co-marketing. It's going to be in the show notes. Click it, check it out, go follow Amanda, do all those things. But her article really like put a light bulb in my head. And it put a light bulb in my head, one, because I was like, okay, cool. Like it's got a brand. This thing has got a brand. And it's it's not well known, but a lot of smart marketers I think are, are implementing the strategy. And I just loved how she called it out. I'm going to talk about just like the the core tenets of the strategy. But before I do, I want to read the final paragraph of Amanda's article because I think it helps set the stage, even though it's at the end. It'll help set the stage for this conversation. She says, in permissionless co-marketing, the key performance indicators are a long game. You can track engagement metrics and look for word of mouth mentions, but it's hard to connect the dots to business growth. But like any truly great marketing strategy, you'll know when you're on to something. As you amplify others' work, your work gets amplified more. Your profile rises in your niche. Meeting potential collaborators gets easier. So give it a try. You might find that rising tide, the rising tide that you create lifts all ships. So, I love that quote. I've been on record of saying that quote so so often, and I've been sharing that quote about what we do at The Juice. And so I love this idea of permissionless co-marketing because it is essentially plugging things that you're digging that other people are doing that, uh, whether it's on your podcast, like this is right now, this is what I'm doing. I am doing permissionless co-marketing because I'm telling you all, Amanda's article is really smart. Spark Toro is Amanda's employer, Go check out their stuff because it resonated with me. So you should go check it out. So I I love this idea of permissionless co-marketing. Now, at the JUICE, this is since we, our product, is a platform that hosts other people's content. When I joined the JUICE, I said, well, how can we, since we're curating and facilitating content and sharing it with other people how can we make this a part of everything we do and so if you go to the juices twitter account 75 to 80% of what we tweet out are is other people's content we're tagging the people we are tagging the companies we're sharing the articles and that's just going on non-stop it's it's going on non-stop because we believe in the 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 brands that are producing that content. We think the content is helpful for our audience. And a side effect of it is it's a great way to, instead of like calling the account, hammering them and trying to get them on a demo, it's just a great soft touch to say, hey, we see what you're doing. We're the juice. We'll keep sharing your stuff. Building affinity, building that connection, um, and I think with this strategy, it just, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And we're doing it on Twitter. I'm on a podcast and I'm plugging stuff. Um, inevitably, we're going to tag it on social media. And I was just in a meeting today and I just said, if somebody took a piece of content for me, listened to my episode, went to Twitter, went to LinkedIn, tagged me, tagged the juice, did whatever and said like, here are the things we learned, whatever, even if their intention was to try to get me to learn more about their product and they asked me like as a follow-up, like, can we talk about your article? Will you take this meeting? Like I'm my the chances of me taking that meeting and talking with that brand are go up significantly based on all the mundane stuff that's currently invading my inbox and different ways people are trying to connect with me today. So I just love this idea of just saying, hey, it's not necessarily... All about you and your thoughts and mentality. Like the more you bring in other pieces of content, the more you bring in other brands into your stream, the more you will get elevated. But it can't just be a one-time thing. It really has to be a habit. So I love this this concept. Go check out her article. Go read it. Now she mentioned this in the outro. She said meeting potential collaborators gets easier. Totally agree. And that's where the second bucket of under the curation umbrella that I want to talk to you about the juice marketing strategy. So content collaborations. Content collaborations have been the lifeblood. And so you might start with this permissionless co-marketing. You might start there, but you're, the, the next evolution is your content collabs. And that's like actually doing shit and doing work with other people that share a similar philosophy. Yeah. Chances are, these are people that you probably feel like would be great customers of yours, um, but you value them, you value their opinions, and you value what they can contribute to the content stream that you're building. So I think back about the old way. And the old way people used to think about content collaborations was very rigid. And I think, and I say this from a place of, hey, this is how I used to do it. And man, this sucked. And so I'm kind of calling myself out a little bit on this. And I call myself out in the article that I wrote. But it was, it was, it was very, uh, very rigid process where you know, I'd work for this company and I'd say, okay, let me evaluate companies with a similar audience. And I picked this company and then I would connect with their marketing person. And then I would say, hey, let's do this joint thing. And so we decide on this topic that we thought both of our audience cared about, but they really didn't. And we decided to do what we all did, you know, three to five years ago and did a webinar. So we do these webinars and we kind of think about the content that we deliver, but then also kind of wing it at the same time, which wasn't great. Um, but like the, the core concept in most of this, uh, of our conversation revolved around the output and the output was, okay, well, the list, it's all about the list. So who attended, who didn't attend, how are we going to divvy these out? How are we going to coordinate who follows up with who, when, and how are we going to say, don't follow up with these people because they're in our pipeline. And so we spent all of these meetings and all of this energy on what? absolutely nothing absolutely nothing so this old way sucked and it burned burns a hole in my head thinking about it right now because what would inevitably would happen is we you'd send the list over to your sales team and your sales team would get all excited and they would end up trying to call down these accounts and these people would be like wouldn't answer or they'd be like i just watched a webinar i don't want to buy your stuff and so then sales would come back to marketing and be like, these leads suck. And then we'd say, okay, we never want to partner with that brand again because they provided no value. There's no ROI. Does that sound familiar? Odds are, if you've been in a marketing role over the last 10 years, you've dealt and experienced something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is true content collaboration, true Get in the weeds and build rapport, build that respect, build that trust up front. And then you say, hey, I've seen what you've been doing on Twitter. I've seen what you've been saying in this Slack community. I love your podcast. I've been reading your blog. Your point of view and your perspective is what I'd like to talk about on the podcast. As a matter of fact, I like, I've got this campaign going on. I'd love for you to contribute some of these thoughts. And you build that relationship, and you build that relationship, and then you have content collaborations that just kick ass. So we have been building our whole curation strategy on the soft touches of the permissionless co-marketing, and then the the like, hey, let's do this thing with content collabs. And so that's how we've been marketing at the Juice. And what has this led to? This has led to 100 plus episodes of this podcast where... More than half of them are being carried by somebody who's got outside of the juice an external voice who has a alignment, great ideas, and are were viewed as a partner and someone who's helping extend our brand. That's happening. We're getting people to write copies, share their ideas, contribute to campaigns. We did a campaign at the end of or at the, somewhere in the middle of last year called B2B Marketing Sucks. And what are you doing in your role to make it better? Passion, energy poured into that, and I was like, man, this is so awesome. We had people contribute to an ebook about the, the quantity versus quality uh, game, volume game, why it sucks, and why you need to be focused on quality. So these content collaborations help extend what we're talking about at the Juice. I know this. I know. It's kind of ironic because I'm sitting here talking to myself. Um, hopefully not. It, hopefully it doesn't feel like I'm talking at you. Hopefully it feels like I'm talking with you. Hopefully you're. Hopefully that's that's my that's all my my goal always. It's just I don't want to be that guy. I don't want want to be that influencer that's like sharing hot takes on LinkedIn and just trying to tell everyone how smart i am like this is not what i'm trying to do i'm trying to share my experience this is what i do know i do know that if it was just me going solo talking at you telling you what to do all the time that would get so played out that would get so played out and so that's not a differentiator there's so many other people doing it and what is a differentiator is thinking critically about the platform that you have and thinking about the opportunity of how you bring in others how you curate. Great minds that are going to help you accelerate your brand building by helping not only get attention to new audiences, but help win the hearts and minds of other people because trust has already been established. And so I felt so much conviction after I read Amanda's article and I said, Hey, this is part of what we're doing. I need to get on the damn podcast, I need to share some additional thoughts. I need to talk about what we're doing at the Juice. I need to write an article about it. So I just want to say this it's incredible how quickly one piece of content can inspire action. And that's exactly what happened in this scenario. Jonathan saw the article, read it, tweeted it out at me, tagged Demanded, tagged Spark Toro. I read it, said, This is good shit. I need to go write about how we do marketing at the Juice. I'm going to reference and tag. Amanda in the article because she helped inspire it. Now, flying solo, doing a podcast episode, digging in a little deeper, and we're just getting started. We are just getting started. So my primary like takeaways, and I wrote this at the end of the article, is this. So old way, new way. Old way relies on just me, 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 me-centered marketing, doing it for myself. We all know the, the modern way is is value-driven, thinking about our audience, always wanting to pour more good stuff on them and not ask for anything in return because we believe in brand building. So my primary takeaways at the end of this were, uh, my article were, hey, here are the three things I'd love for you to get out of this piece, hearing about how we're building marketing. Evaluate your own personal consumer behavior. Think about buying decisions that you've made outside of the work in the past month or so. Reflect on the reasons for those purchases and reverse engineer what the brand did to get you there. I think that's important. I think it's important to think about people and not leads. The more we can think about our audience more like emotional human beings and less like the names in a spreadsheet, the greater chance we have to win their hearts and minds. Now then the third takeaway was consider curation. Do you have a content platform to share other ideas outside of views in your own? Now is a good time to think about injecting like-minded philosophies in your content streams. This can happen through permissionless co-marketing or through content collaboration. There is so much opportunity to do amazing things in B2B marketing, do things the modern way. Because we're modern-day marketers over here. And I'm telling you what, if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing it regularly, like I'm I'm working hard at bringing, bringing on really smart people and know this, I'm trying to learn from them as much as I hope you're learning from them too. And that bringing on guests is curation and it's done with intention. I hope you liked this episode. hope you liked learning a little bit more about how we're thinking about doing marketing at The Juice. Again, thank you, Amanda, for the inspiration. Incredible article. Everything will be in the show notes. If you like what you've been hearing on Modern Day Marketer, hit the subscribe button. But most importantly, tell a damn marketing friend you're enjoying our stuff. All right, you all go make it count. Another episode coming at you like we always have them on Friday with a content person that matters. Let's freaking go. Have a good week and talk soon.